In India, babies are almost always wrapped up in a hand-me-down blanket. No one even knows how old or how many generations of babies that blanket has provided warmth to. In some cultures, the first few clothes worn by a newborn are almost always hand-me-downs. They say that the old clothes are soft on the baby's skin. I'd like to believe there is more to that. Hand-me-downs, pre-loved clothes or second-hand clothes are a big part of our apparel culture. Our clothes always live long. At times, they outlive their original owner. Like your grandmom's traditional silk sari that you wore on very special occasions and plan to give to your daughter. But all that is changing. Over the years, with a rise in wealth and income levels, Indians have been caught by a shopping frenzy. Post-COVID, it has only increased. We are buying and dumping clothes faster than ever. Fast fashion is upon us. Zara started it in the 90s. H&M, Forever 21, Urbanic followed. They're all just a few kilometers away in our friendly neighborhood mall, often at ridiculously affordable prices. Reliance Retail is now adding to the pack, bringing in Shein, the Chinese fast fashion brand, back into the country. But it's not all glitz and glamour, chic and sheen, really. The pace of change in trends and our craze to keep up with them has ensured the journey of a piece of clothing from ramp to shelf, closet to garbage, is becoming shorter and shorter. Meaning, more and more clothes are filling our landfills which is an unmitigated environmental disaster. According to Earth.org, 92% of the total garments produced globally go to landfills. In 2022, fast fashion was responsible for 10% of the world's carbon emissions. That is expected to go up by 50% by 2030. Is India insulated from this thanks to our inherent culture of recycling? Or are we headed for disaster too? Let's find out. Our guests today are Abhishek Malhotra, partner McKinsey India, who has tracked the consumer, packaged goods, retail and industrial sectors in Asia and North America for over 20 years. And our second guest today is Anuradha Balasubramanian, director of second-hand clothes marketplace company, The Poshmark, a US-based company which entered India in September 2021 and was recently acquired by Korea's largest internet company, Naver Group, for $1.2 billion. With India's love for hand-me-downs, Poshmark is perhaps hoping for India to be the perfect market for used clothes. It is the 23rd of June and you are listening to The Morning Brief and I'm your host, Shobori Das. And this Friday, we will try to find out what cheap fast fashion really costs. Before we get into the details of how fast fashion is impacting our environment, we decided to ask some of you about how they view fast fashion options when doing their clothes shopping. I shop maybe twice in a month. It's almost on a monthly basis. Now it's like I see an ad on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I need this shirt. 
I buy it as and when needed. So I don't think my buying patterns have changed as such. When it comes to discarded clothes, I usually give it away to my house help. If my t-shirt gets really old and if it gets worse and starts getting holes in it, then I do what every good Indian does. I make it a pocha. I actually don't discard my clothes that often. No, I am not aware about this becoming an environmental hazard. Yes, I am very well aware of this fact and unfortunately have I taken very active steps to modify or rectify this? No, I would say no. I am aware of fast fashion and the brands associated with fast fashion. But regardless of that, I do shop from fast fashion brands because they are, after all, affordable. So it would seem affordability trumps overall. But clearly a common thread also is that we all donate our old clothes and recycling is a part of our behavior. According to Euromonitor International, the Indian apparel and footwear market is estimated to be $62 billion for calendar year 2022. It is expected to grow to almost $74 billion by the end of 2023. For context, India is nearly one-sixth of the market size as compared to that of China and USA. Clearly, there's a huge potential for growth. But the question is, where is this growth expected to come from? The fact is that the time period required by brands to produce a piece of garment from concept to shelf is reducing drastically. And with that, so is the price of the garments. The lifespan of a piece of clothing varies depending on the fabric. While denims tend to last years and sometimes even decades, cotton and silk may disintegrate faster over time. The environmental concerns for the rise of fast fashion is primarily driven by two elements of fast fashion. Number one, how it has reduced the wearability of a piece of garment. And number two, since consumers are looking for the trendiest of options, anything which is last season will perhaps land up in the landfills. To understand how much cheap fast fashion is impacting the environment, Let's ask the questions directly to Abhishek Malhotra. Welcome, Abhishek. Thank you so much for joining us here on this episode of The Morning Brief. Thanks a lot, Shabori. It's a pleasure to meet you. So, you know, the apparel market is growing in India and more of the category that seems to be growing phenomenally in the country is fast fashion right now. Reliance is bringing in Shein. We already have Urbanic. We already have Zara. And we have H&M across 50 outlets and also expanding even more. So the fast fashion industry is growing really fast. So let's start with the very obvious one. What out of the total apparel market, how much do you think fast fashion is contributing to the total revenue sales of the country right now? And in general, how fast is fast fashion growing in the country, if I may say so? Before you kind of answer that question, it's just also important to know what is fast fashion, right? If I were to kind of just stop back, traditionally, apparel players have followed seasons, right? So maybe two seasons in India or four seasons globally and launch styles there. That's kind of was the quote-unquote slow fashion equivalent. Then you have fast fashion. Zara is a perfect example, as is H&M, which kind of started to launch styles a lot more frequently. So there's a fast part of it. And it's also trendy, right? So it's fashionable. It's not the same blue shirt every week. It's different shirts, different cuts, different features, whatever is trendy. And now companies are doing as much as weekly drops. 
So if you look at that, and you have to draw a line between what is fast fashion in India, I would say globally, based on the research McKinsey has done, it's about 15 to 20% of the total market is fast fashion. In India, it's a little lower, given that the Indian players are still developing capabilities to play in it. But I would say, you know, across all the players, the larger players, the global players that you spoke about, some of the Indian players who are moving into this space, some startups that are obviously kind of a critical part of it. I would say in India, this is anywhere from about 7 to 10% of the market today. We can characterize it as a fast fashion uh, player. The overall Indian fashion market, which is just apparel, is about 66 billion US dollars. So about 7 to 10 percent of that would be uh, what we would call fast fashion. Who's the customer for fast fashion? Who's buying all these clothes? Well, the primary customers of fast fashion are people who are younger, people who are just coming and, you know, into age and started to earn money. And which is what is happening in India a lot across those three dimensions. More younger people, more urban people, more online people. So this if you look at overall, the market is kind of projected to grow somewhere around 10%. If you look at fast fashion, that our estimates are that would grow about one and a half to almost two times the growth of the overall market. So you should be looking at a 15 to 20% growth in the fast fashion segment in India. So. Understood. How is this impacting the variability or the lifespan of clothes in India, which has always been pretty long, right? India has always had a deep culture of, you know, garments getting passed on from generation to generation. Lots of sarees that women wear have been handed over, you know, occasional wear. Or from elder siblings to younger siblings and cousins in the family. And even people kind of selling garments or donating them to less fortunate people. But I would say at the premium end, at the kind of the city urban end of the market, we have seen people now beginning to discard some of the clothes, right? I think globally, we had done some work, especially in Europe, we had found that about about almost 70% of the clothes which were kind of made it to a landfill, right? Eventually made it to a landfill. In India, the number today is much smaller, but I would say there are enough products out there which are reaching. So it's very difficult to kind of estimate a strong number to it. But if you look at it, we did some calculations. Our view is that in India, about a million to 1.2 million tons of apparel made it to landfills. Could you walk us through the journey of a garment from manufacturing plant to closet to landfill? So first of all, let me kind of put it, new clothes are not going into landfills in India. So in some way, that's good, right? So let's assume I'm a responsible and a good company which makes shirts. I make blue shirts and white shirts. And, you know, I, I know how much they sell every year. So life is good, right? I make 50 of each and I sell them. Whatever I don't sell gets used the next year, right? Life is simple. But now comes fast fashion, trendy. So yellow shirts are in, right? And suddenly I make 50 yellow shirts. By the time I make them and get them to market, the new hero has come in who's wearing red shirts and my yellow shirts don't get made, right? And then I have to make red shirts. But there will be extra, right? There will be extra product. Now, the first attempt to get them to consumers is end of season sales. And then what happens is whatever is unsold is then sold to discounters, right? Who are literally buying clothes by the, the weight. You will see it being sold in wholesale markets. And that slowly and steadily makes its way to semi-urban India or rural India, right? So that's typically how it happens, right? So we are still not in a position where 
perfectly good product is being discarded. We think that, you know, an average cloth in our cycle, and again, it, India's average is an average. An urban person kind of keeps it for about five to eight years is what an average piece of, you may not wear it for five to eight years, but you'll keep it for five to eight years. That's when, you know, you either pass it on to somebody else or you give it to other people, maybe somebody who works for you, maybe a charity organized. So that's where the shirt gets a second life and maybe goes there. I think the challenge now is there's a lots of materials. Some of the materials disintegrate and tear. Many materials, especially some of the synthetic materials, do not disintegrate, right? So the shirts tend to continue its life even if having been worn multiple times. And at least in India, the income strata is such that it does get passed on from one to the two and maybe two to the three. But then that's where wear and tear catches up. That's when it makes it to a landfill, right? So I think it's a little longer cycle. It's got a lot of lefts and rights and a zigzag route. It's going very quickly from a factory to a store and a store to a closet. But the journey from a closet back to landfill touches multiple people, multiple users and wearers for it. And then eventually, you know, either because of too much wear and tear, typically that's the biggest reason. That's where it gets discarded. Otherwise, it is picked up, right? So that's that's where things happen. Do you think that the India life cycle of a garment or a unit of clothing from manufacturing to the landfill is longer as opposed to UK, US developed economies? Yeah. Our research has showed that, you know, it's about two and a half to three times longer in India. And again, Shabori, there are multiple reasons to it, right? What happens when, you know, you buy a cloth. So the first thing you do is, if it's not good, is you repair it, right? Which in many developed markets, even repair is tougher and a lot more expensive. At least in India, it's there. Second is you will either resell it or, you know, donate it, right? Third is you will refurbish it, right? It's still happening a lot. Somebody will take a sari and make it into a skirt. Somebody will, you know, take a shirt, you know, maybe if the sleeve is torn, cut it and then make it into a half sleeve shirt. And then the last part is you are like recycling it, right? Which is literally taking out the fiber and the clothing and actually really processing it, right? But because A, incomes are lower and labor is available to do some of the initial stages I spoke about, which is repairing it or reselling it or refurbishing it, it takes much longer for a garment, like almost three times longer for a garment in India to reach the landfill as opposed to the developed markets, right? But fast fashion is changing this. It's decreasing the lifespan of clothes. And that's a problem, correct? So I think that's the twin-edged sword, right? At one level, fashion is growing, parallel consumption is growing, and that's good for the companies. But at the same point, as this happens, there will be more occasions to discard, you know, because you've moved on to the new things. And even some of the levers available in terms of recycling it, reusing it, those will go down, right? So I don't think it's a problem today, but I think this is a problem we are getting into at a pretty high speed. And I think that's the challenge and how can we learn from some of the others who are already there and make course correction before we land up at a a challenging point, right? So Abhishek, since the problem is bigger and started much earlier in the rest of the world, the framework of solutions must be pretty evolved too, especially in the West. I think, and since we're talking of sustainable fashion and interventions, I would say Europe is much, much further ahead in terms of providing the support and the regulation, right? It also helps that a lot of the companies which are doing this are located. Earlier, we spoke about Zara and H&M. All of them are headquartered in Europe. They have started to act. 
what is there is companies making kind of either targets or actions driven by their own things, right? So, for example, the leader in this is Patagonia, which is a US-based outdoor wear company, which has made a claim of using 100% renewable or recycled materials. Similarly, a lot of other companies, Levi's is another one, which is again US-based, wants to be circular-ready. So, for example, they will be able to collect the garments, they'll be able to recycle them and do that. I think it's early days yet, but they have started to act or have made public announcements on what they will be doing to make some course corrections on this route, right? Okay. And what about the global fast fashion giants? Do they recognize the problem? Are they trying to slow it down? I don't think they're trying to stop the growth of fast fashion. I think what they are trying to do is to figure out how to make the same fast fashion in a better way. And that's two things. Either should they collect some of the old clothes? See, eventually, as we spoke about the value chain, right? The clothes have to be either donated or have to be recycled, right? You can actually take out a fiber from a shirt and reuse that fiber to make another shirt. So that's where a lot of technology, a lot of research, a lot of development, and which is what we call recycled fiber, right? So rather than use a new cotton or a synthetic fiber, how do you reuse some of it? It's the same things happening in plastic, right? How do you recycle some of the fiber? And that's where I think the opportunity is. Uniqlo wants to use 50% recycled materials, same as Zara has kind of announced, like, you know, they want to use 100% recycled polyester. So that's what the companies are trying to do. Ensure that the raw materials they use are recycled and are a lot more friendly to the environment. And therefore, the, the shirt may not go around, but the fiber which makes the shirt can go around two or three times, right? That's the cycle that companies are trying to do. Are there any regulations in India to protect the environment from the fast fashion landfills that is happening across the world? Are there any policies in place? Are there any companies who are championing these regulations and these policies to make sure that they're not being detrimental towards the environment? I think it's early days yet. There is no specific regulation. I think a lot of the regulation deals with manufacturing-related policies and regulations. So, for example, both parallel manufacturing as well as the yarn and the fiber creates a lot of effluents. Even some of the leading companies, Aditya Bidla Fashion Retail, has set targets for itself as to how much emissions they will cut, recycled fiber they will use. So that's where I think a lot of the action today is led by global companies and leading Indian companies, recognizing this is a problem and acting as opposed to waiting for a full-forced regulation to come into play. Okay, so talking about sustainability and fashion, how do you think the sustainable fashion industry is developing? Especially in India, we have a few brands coming up who claim that they're sustainable, and I'm sure they are. But essentially speaking, sustainable fashion will have to impact the wearability, impact the fact that it should reduce the landfill contribution as well, right? It's a great question, Shabari. I think India is such a large market and it's a growing market. I think there is place for everyone. So on the sustainable part, the good thing is there is increased awareness, right? The same people who are aware of what the latest fashion style is are also aware of its harmful impact. These people tend to be younger. They are more online. They are educated. They are urban. And so the awareness about environmental and its impact is a lot more. And so there is a, you know, they are they have a preference. They are happy to trade and, and buy brands which stand for something, stand for environmental friendly. 
for many of our climate, it is not a bad thing to use, you know, whether it's linen, whether it's cotton. And I think if people tend to go back to the roots, this is apparel which is comfortable. But I think the space will be both. I think there will be a need for people who are selling sustainable fashion and there will be a need for people who are selling fast fashion. I'll compare it to food, right? In India, healthy food is growing, but so is the guy selling samosas on the road and the global burger giants and pizza giants, right? So everybody is growing. I think depends on what kind of customer you are or more importantly, what kind of mood you are in. That's what I think. I think there's growth for everyone. And that's the best thing about the Indian market. Thank you so much, Abhishek. It seems like striking the balance between affordable fast fashion and perhaps somewhat more expensive sustainable fashion is what the industry needs to be striving for. The opportunity for that balance lies in fabric innovation. According to the UN Environment Programme, globally an average person is buying 60% more clothes than they did nearly 15 years ago. And while that is great news for the fashion industry, at the same time, we also have textiles and clothing worth a garbage truck being dumped into landfills or burned every second. Yeah, it's not a pretty picture. But there are some solutions to this problem. What if a brand turned our habit of recycling and reusing clothes into a style and sustainability statement? That's exactly what our next guest's company, Poshmark, is doing. To understand how the second-hand clothing fashion is making its way into the fashion industry to combat sustainability challenges presented by the fast fashion industry, we decided to speak to Anuradha Balasubramanian, director of Poshmark. Let's start, uh, you know, with some of the basics. So, why did Poshmark as a company decide to focus on secondhand clothes? So, we came to India about uh, almost eight, one and a half years ago and Poshmark's had a very unique journey across the world. So, we started off as a social commerce enterprise where uh, our goal really was to be able to enable people to buy and sell secondhand clothing. And it actually started not just as secondhand, but as just about anything that folks would like to buy and sell from each other. So it really became as more like a peer-to-peer kind of platform. India has, you know, always known handing down clothes as we call. So clothes, accessories is something that we've always, like you just said about books sometime back. I think we've always had a culture and a, you know, sort of a heritage of sharing with each other. But what really felt very unique, and I think India was, is and was at that time also poised, uh, was this whole youthful user-based And I think this base of profound understanding of what the environmental impact is and what kind of sustainable, what sustainable choices are all about. In your opinion, like, or rather your understanding, how big is the secondhand fashion phenomena in India right now? First, globally, Poshmark, key market has been in the US. And now with our global footprint of a couple of countries together, we are about 100 million community members throughout the world. Per se in India, you know, future market insights, there's a prediction that India has about 18.2 odd percent of South Asia secondhand market. So that also shows that though India is sort of joining a little later, maybe not in the organized sector, you know, our presence is been a little later, but the surge in terms of the growth has been quite rapid. So India's, you know, poised to move from that 18.2 to a very significant level in the next five to seven years. In terms of our footprint, we've seen, interestingly, a lot of folks come from Delhi, Mumbai, Delhi NCR, Mumbai, Bangalore. So there are people who 
start listing from these areas. There are also thrifters and there are even new sellers in boutiques and small, like we should say, artisanal handicraft, craftsmen, people who, who thrive in craftsmanship, etc. Those kind of sellers, all of them largely come from these areas. But in the last few months, we are seeing that there is also a huge intrusion that's coming from tier one, tier two cities. I suspect that's because also of the fact that the affordability factor or the fact that there's going to be a lot of options available at maybe a fraction of a price. Things shipped from, you know, as far as Srinagar and they go all the way to a northeastern state. And the brand straddle across, you know, your Asian first fashion brands. There's a Zara, there's H&M, Gap. We also brought in categories like Lehengas, Sharara's, Sherwani, Gagra, things which are very Indian in appeal. And uh, we know that those are items which people really definitely don't wear too many times. And we actually end up spending a lot of money on those because they are for one or two occasions. We also see a lot of that going up during weddings, family occasions. You know, where people don't want to buy a first-hand item, they actually end up buying a second-hand item. Silks, rare silks, uh, sometimes even saris. These are also things that thrive in Poshmark. Have you seen anybody feeling embarrassed or feeling uncomfortable? with the idea of buying second-hand clothes? Well, that's a great question. You know, this is such a welcome change. And I can tell you that over time, there's been such a paradigm shift. You know, to begin with, I think a couple of years ago, this is prior to I knew Poshmark, there was a bit of thing about, you know, a little bit of a stigma of sorts. People are realizing that every pre-loved item need not be inferior in quality. Or it doesn't mean that it has sort of let go of its sheen or its how it can be perceived. Now, what we've seen on Poshmark is not only are folks purchasing items which are pre-loved, a lot of times they're also reposhed after, you know, maybe one or two or three or four months, which means what's happening is literally an item is not just living one, two lifetimes, it's actually going on to live two, three, four lifetimes. So this really tells you something very unique, right? In general, what we've seen is there's a lot of love and there's a lot of, you know, respect that we believe that that's being shared among community members about what's being used, what's being sold on the platform. So due to all these things, as well as, of course, the whole concept of awareness in the Gen Z, the millennials, understanding of what a carbon footprint is doing, what our consumption patterns are leading to. I think all of this together has come at a very amazing like this time is so perfect, so right, where people have let go of maybe things like embarrassment but they're looking at the larger value that they're creating. And the whole embarrassment thing has just kind of gone tucked away somewhere else. Usually in case of plastic, we have seen the longer it takes to decompose, the more hazardous it is. Is that the same in case of clothes? Or does longevity of a piece of clothing mitigate environmental impact? So that's a great question. I think what's happening a lot now, and this is really more anecdotal, but I can share some numbers with you as well shortly, is that a lot of us now, we've seen things like polyester or synthetic or artificial items are doing now, you know, they don't really decompose. So we know that a lot of it is just washed multiple times and they're not really wearing off. So we know what impact it creates. But on an average, what we've seen, and this is something that, you know, we were also discussed in the dark communities sometime back is this is like a BBC report that was shared that when you increase the lifespan of a garment for around nine months or longer, what this does is it does eliminate the environmental impact by anywhere between 20 to 30 percent when compared to buying a new item. So folks who are aware of this and you know and there are a lot of studies that are going around the number of times that can an item can be worn. So on an average if you have used an item for nine months or more and you know that the item is still in great shape and then you've decided to either sell it or, you know, you've decided to own it, you'll see that the environmental impact is definitely down by 20-30%.
So on an average, yes, there is definitely an elongation of lifespan of items. And I think it's even more true for accessories, even more than clothes. I think accessories is something that has immense, whole nine-month story can be like, you know, years. Imagine a bag or a pair of earrings or a watch, for that matter. It actually has a lot of life left for someone else to use. Globally, how big is the secondhand fast fashion phenomena? So I think overall across the world, I think there is certainly like, you know, almost like an eye opener that's happening around the world. And the more we're speaking of impact and where it's transcended the whole aspect of just the discounted value, it's more of almost pride of being a part of this revolution. We're just starting off, especially in developing countries like India, you know, in Southeast Asia, when this revolution is going to come in a much larger way to places like countries like India or Indonesia. These are the places where I think the true potential of what this industry can accomplish will happen. And I, I'm sure it's already happening. It's just a matter of time where it'll become like a norm to shop secondhand. What most fast fashion companies globally and in India are trying to do is be a part of the circular economy. The circular economy in layman's terms basically means doing business in a manner which includes recycling of raw materials, refurbishing products and reusing them. Basically, increasing the lifespan of a garment and making it more sustainable. In fashion, this is being implemented heavily by brands and fabric manufacturers to make sure that even if they can't increase the wearability or the lifespan of a garment, they can at least elongate the life of the fabric and make it more environment friendly. According to think tank Ellen MacArthur Foundation, production of clothes almost doubled between 2000 to 2015. But the lifespan of our clothes declined during the same time, which means Landfills are in fact getting their waste from barely worn clothes. While sustainable fashion is good for the environment, it is expensive. But that's also because the production is limited. Once more people and brands take to it and output increases, prices will automatically fall. Until then, companies that sell and rent out used clothes will continue to fill that gap. Seven of the leading global players, that is ThreadUp, Vestier Collective, Rent the Runway, The Real Real, Depop, Winted, and Poshmark crossed $1 billion valuation in 2020, as per Ellen MacArthur. In India, I guess we have always been part of the circular economy, at least in fashion since forever. Our sentimentality in most things in life has always outshone the need for shiny new things. And why not? What's not to love about your mamsari? Or perhaps your newborn baby in a blanket that your mom used for you? You have been listening to the Morning Brief Podcast brought to you by the Economic Times. A big thank you to our guests. A shout out to the team that helped put the episode together with our producer Sumit Pandey, sound engineer Rajas Nayak, and executive producers Anurban Choudhury, Anupriya Nair, and Arjit Barman. Tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday to a platform of your choice to listen to the latest episode. The Morning Brief podcast drops every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thank you for listening in.